Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, a TKB. I'm terrified TKB because he ripples the sun oh, now and I'll have nothing to no, say to him. Like, he's like, oh. he's like, poor Carly's until me. He just, he's like the quickness of he him. He will rip it asunder and everything that just comes out of his mouth is gold. Hello, hello. How is lads? Oh. Come here to me before we start. And, oh, I'm very giddy today. She's been a little bastard all day. She collected me <laughs> shocked. She didn't collect me fucking shit free now. And she's just had the windows rolled down and a car up to 62 or something. And she's been doing the hokey hokey all the way through town. No, absolutely. Saturday night, me way through town. <laughs> I'm and driving over on my own channel. I had the radio sky high and I was didn't. screaming weekend in paradise and belt there and all. You're on hear me. <laughs> so... Anyway, I just wanted to quickly dedicate this episode. <laughs> so I was driving from Finglas over to Newbridge and Cabra. And I just seen the little disco like this is ah, the guard, of course. The little checkpoint there, right? And I was saying. She did this on the bridge. Yeah. No, no, bridge. Yeah. So there's a woman in a full caddy wagon. This is she's driving a transit van herself and she just two wheeled and pulled the biggest Huey in the middle of the road. She blocked the whole road. Like if you wanted to be discreet about something, Mrs. You absolutely weren't. And bear in mind there was two guarded fresh out of Temple Marty, looked about fifteen. They swat ran to the car. You'd swear that she was at the going down and putting an AK forty seven in their faces the way they ran to the car. They sprinted and the lights went on and I just hoped to God that woman made it through the four satellites because I laughed and I giggled and I did the mad <laughs> bastard it, she held up the whole road to do a Yui I said would you not have just taken oh, that's the like the fucking left? Brooklyn Bridge that one I know and that was, <laughs> I wouldn't mind there's a little estate there just before we had the checkpoint oh, I said yeah. would you not have just slapping the indicator on and going into the estate no she stops the whole road so I hope you got away now Mrs. Fugitive Fanny and Clyde, she spun in the middle of the road. <laughs> so this episode is for her. No, there's always a fucking checkpoint there. I mean, tonight, remember when COVID, you couldn't leave the 5K or the 2K? We were coming out, we went to get, uh, what was the text for our chicken? No, it was only in Finglas, now it's in... Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not a paid advertising, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was one down there, and she's just like, I, I don't really know where I'm going. He's like, well, you're in the car. And she was like, yeah, like, I'm just going. And she was like, where do you live? She's like, just there. And he's like, what's the name of your road? Oh, officer, I'm just hungry, I'm going to get a text for a chicken. And there was more there, she was like, I'm going to take the car off, you know, off her bit of field. That was like the height of COVID when everyone thought like we are full on. Busy cons, aren't they? Now, honest to God. But realistically, my friend got slapped with a 500 euro fine or something for being in fucking Clontarf. Now, she's from Ballymun and she was outside of 5K and they gave her a stupid fine and she went to court. Did she win it? She went to fucking court. She had to give a donation of 150 euro to charity. Now, why wouldn't I went to court? Fuck that. Would you have went? Oh, well, I used to go when I got, um, what happened to me? I think it was a, I think it was a fine and a clamp. It was like a double. Oh, fine. surprise, surprise! It was like a double. Ah, uh, <laughs> do you know what? I didn't even think of that. You could. Now you're decorated with clamps. No, I know, but yeah, no, I'm just getting topped off. Right, come on, come here. Um, so it was, I think I got a double fine, but I only paid one of them. 
So the other time was just, I don't know what it was again, but I had to go to court and I was like sweating, bleeding, fugitives everywhere and I'm in there in a little short and I was like, yeah, yeah, I, did, I got away with it. So it was Grant. Childish, there is gangland feuds going on I and these are stopping players now. You know, stopping people no over being out of 5k. I think the thing was 150 after you don't pay it and then I only had to pay 80 euros. I was like, well, that's a How's Kai getting on? <laughs> well, how much does she cost to get out of town now? she's literally, I know. <laughs> What are you fucking laughing at? Is that Gosh, I'm going to have to pay more than what you paid for I'm the car to get out of I'm not paying for it. I'm just going to get a skewer. <laughs> no, I wouldn't even be able to afford a skewer either. Lads, that 208 stretched that weekend away from me. How did you get on, love, at, at Westlife? Eastlife. Because um, you came with me and then you fucked off on the second night as well. Oh, no, i seen you. You come up to me with Kira. Do you remember that? When I was standing there in front of you and you came up to me. And you told me to wait till the end of the night to get a picture. <laughs> no, I had to Scum, take yeah. all the photos. I was going around my book hat and glass again. I was like, big boo. Oh my God, remember that boy came over no, to you? T- Some boy from the me. country. She's like, sorry, I know I'm not supposed to say who you are now. I know I'm not supposed to say that, <laughs> but like you're Sean Phipps and the big boosh on you. And I was like, shut your mouth, are you for real? Someone was like, hey, that's me niche. She wouldn't just talk to her there. I was like, uh, no, I was like, I'm at Westlife. Like, ah, they thought you were Nicky Bourne. No, I was no one. <laughs> But I did get every single photo people asked for, right? I didn't wait until the end. Ah, very good. But um, now I had a lovely time. I had a fucking bath. They put on a fucking great show, now I have to say, and I wouldn't be like a big Westlife fan. I got brought along last minute because somebody else couldn't go. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I I came with you, no? Oh. Oh, oh, yeah, exactly. uh, Right, well, (laughs) at least, you know, Sean will make you feel included anywhere you go (laughs) home. So just keep that in mind for everybody. Um, Now, Kira brought me, she's so good. She brought me uh, last minute and it was a fucking... But when you're looking like that. Come here, what I was going to say to you is the way I was, like, I was just having a ball with Allo Dan and then when you were about having a ball with everyone, but I physically didn't even look at them. I was just singing the songs and having a hooli. Like, I wasn't actually looking out as myself. No, they were doing that little pussy popping by band no, I was, they were, I was they were like a fucking ant. swear I was a lifelong fan. Like. When they done Beyonce. Yeah, and they were shaking their little no. packages and that. <laughs> ah, they were lovely. No, and then the second night was a ball, I went again then. Clearly put it up. Someone, and you got the last 20 minutes of it. I'm glad. No, you. I didn't. I was only, I was got there for the third song. So I didn't know the fourth song. I didn't really know Starlight. So I really I only missed one song. So it was Grant. Handy, I walked straight in well, off the darts. And then we upended the darts. Sorry, can we talk about the dark <laughs> system, right? I just kind of stop you there. Who the fuck? Oh, all the north, south, west and east and all. <laughs> Who came up with that Stone Age system, please? <laughs> and why did it take me 84 years to get into town on the dart? From Cabra? Ah, no, Steppy Starty and all the whole lot. <laughs> I said, I was fucking winding me up. Yeah, it was, was 40 minutes from Bray. Very badly ran now. But I had a bottle of Prosecco, it was grand. It is all over the place. It's like the fucking tube in London. That's the most confusing. And then there's men with, with big lighty uppy paddles telling me to go the wrong way all the time. <laughs> uh, do I get off at that stop yet, love? Get off then. And then I was at the wrong stop. I says, ah. Do you not know how to read a sign? Uh, there was no fucking science, Sean. <laughs> like you just said, there's no signage. And now you're yeah. telling me to read science? Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Wakey, wakey, you know. No, stop, I'm very sorry. Yeah. I'm told you very two tired. days in the trot, I've done it, Ian. Come on, will you? <laughs> right, lads, Ian was waffling away there. I'm just going to swing it. So, in reference to last week, we fucking blew up and everyone was loving life, which we're buzzing with. So, thank you so much. Now, we did get a few more questions. However, producer Ian have, has us on a hiatus. So, we're going on a two week break, lads, but we will answer some a more. A one week break. It's a two. It's a it? fucking one week break. Oh, well, I need two because I'm well, very... Well, you're not getting two. <laughs> my ankle. No. Ableism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick of it. You're fucking... Oh, what else would I say after that, Ian? Because I'm lost now. Carly, take it away. We... <laughs> 
Take it away. <laughs> Very tired, having a break. Yeah, we'll answer some <laughs> more questions. feedback from the episode was amazing. Um, I think everybody was a little bit shocked to hear us go so in depth. Oh, Jesus Christ. I didn't think we thought we were going to open no. up like that. My dad cried, lads, and that man doesn't have any emotion. Nothing. He wouldn't even make me breakfast when I broke my ankle. He's like, fuck you, my plans are more important. He actually cried. So I was like, I've done something right. It's mad, isn't it? Like, the amount of people that text me about certain parts of, like, what I was saying about yeah. codependency, about what I, I was saying about it. like, oh, they were yeah. like, I didn't know what codependency was until you mentioned it. I've looked I've, into it and now I realise that, that I've, I've kind of got the same problem. I was like, also at the same time, I don't want people to be kind of like, not self-diagnosing themselves, but like, I don't want people to be fucking <laughs> being like, oh, that's me. Do you know <laughs> what I'm saying? For a laugh, a lot of people are like, never heard of this, never heard of that. And now I see that that was the same problem. Someone texted me, one of my close friends texted me and they were like, Carly, it really got me about Sean saying like in school that he was acting the bollocks and that you could have hurt people along the way and that you didn't mean to be like harsh to people and stuff. And she was like, it really made me think back on my school days and how you were saying you were lashing out in school because you had a bad home life or because you had a hard time in your area or whatever she was like I definitely done the exact same thing and took all my problems out in school she's like and I never thought about how I could have affected the people around me so she was like it really brought up a lot of emotions oh, like, like that honopono the ho- things of a lot you need it? about seven honoponos <laughs> you my nerves but um, yeah no we were just delighted that so many people could relate and we'll definitely do another episode like similar to we'll probably get a little bit deeper if Sean will fucking let us in I still haven't listened to the episode because I don't want to cry again so I'm like no I'm not doing it come here I've seen a TikTok of a woman that took our nipple person out Red Diddy and she basically said there was milk still coming out from 10 years ago like that's when she had it but a child is 10 now but I remember you saying in the car that something happened about a Diddy or something in Love Island that's why it's like flinging into my head so I don't know <laughs> I don't know what I just said there what was that what the fuck oh my god I don't know where I went there. Like, I was like, you know what? Carly, you just talk about Love Island. Just say, Sean missed Love Island. Something happened with it, did he? What the fuck happened there? Lads are so gummy today. It's actually not even normal. No, we're not. We're fine. We're fine. Sean's at the same to me there. Yeah, no, Grand, I'll take this bit. Yeah. And you just start talking absolute. <laughs> Back slang, like I don't know what came out of his mouth. I was trying uh, to ask him about Love Island, <laughs> and I, lads, I'm sincerely not one single bit well ever since Andrew and the Diddy. Andrew was on the Diddy. Sean, did you see? It? I didn't see it. Oh, tonight, it Joseph M. So walk. the cassette are went down the girls fucked up to yeah. in that New Villa. Had me up to ninety. Yeah. So, oh, you just missed the episode with the Diddy then. The Diddy. So the next one I missed. The most important episode you missed. So anyway, right? Tasha fucked off to cast it. Or Andrew then coupled up with Coco. In the episode, um, <laughs> Andrew's trying to explain to Tasha why he went off on the snake on her. And he said, it was just out of anger. I didn't mean to do that. And yet I, did, I really didn't mean it, Tasha. And she was like, well, if you have anything to tell me, like, tell me now. Like, if there's anything more I need to know, can you just let me know now? So, of course, the little cute bastard kept his mouth shut. He said, no, I'm all right. I'm not going to tell her nothing. Coco's over in the car now. Well, he wasn't saying that when he was sucking me tits in the bed. I nearly passed away. I'm sitting watching with me man's fella. And you can't even say that you're on your period in front of Steve when he gets <laughs> awful warm. He doesn't be well. He gets very nervous. So, yeah, he wasn't saying that when he was sucking me tits. So, she goes to Andrew. Uh, Andrew, I may have told everybody <laughs> about what happened. And he was like, what about us kissing him? 
in bed and she was like no like about what happened in bed and he was like why what happened oh now you have amnesia now you can't remember <laughs> she's like eh, about you uh, sucking me tits no she just said this she just never. said this in the middle of the garden I said oh and then he went, oh, yeah, right, uh, okay, then, nice one for that. And he walks over to Tasha, and he was like, look, Tasha, just need to, just need to tell you something. She was like, what's going on? He was like, um, yeah, so, like, I sucked her tits or whatever. <laughs> and the girl looked up square in the face and said, sorry, what? And he looks back at her and goes, yeah, I just licked her tit or whatever. So it went from, it went from sucking tits to licked her tit, tit plural, tit singular, Real quick. That's how men try to retract from I the situation. Oh my God. Right. So then I'm on Twitter. Of course you're on Twitter. And the Diddy thing is flying. Oh, no, Everybody's running a muck over the Diddy, right? <laughs> and of course, a post pops up saying, um, medical experts say that um, sucking women's breasts prevents breast cancer. Where was Andrew when I needed him? Andrew could have oh, saved a life. Where was that man? <laughs> oh, no. well, I... Ta- and then, do you know what my favourite part was? Was He was like, everything I don't, I don't know our anger. You are sucking tits out of anger. The bleeding diddy. How do you suck tits out of anger? Can the I have that awesome very pain? <laughs> <laughs> oh, all this TikTok. I missed I'm, that Oh, it was great. I want to watch one tonight. No, no. Do I need to watch the one that I missed, or will I be alright? Is it just the Diddy I missed? Yeah, it was mostly the Diddy that you missed because all there is is Andrew and Tasha pissing the wind. But I just needed to touch on that because that sent me west. No, very funny. You put that actually up the screenshot. I was howling. Oh, I died of that. <laughs> Come here, just before we start, I just want to give a shout out to my two million fans and tell you to <laughs> sorry, silence, please. Call off the angry mob. Sean and Carly actually asked my permission before they robbed from me in broad daylight oh, and stole the name of my play for that podcast. I gave them my blessing. Okay, so call off the angry mob. He's had a coming in and slapping the season to sit down on the <laughs> No, can I just say and that was all she wrote before we started this podcast. Thomas was actually the first person to know that me and Sean were ever going to have a podcast. Baby, because we all in, knew he was going to have a podcast. But Come listen, on. in good taste, Thomas. I appreciated, I appreciated, I approached my very oh. good friend and just said to him, listen, Thomas, we obviously took huge inspiration from you. The Cain Bournes are going children, to... darling. The Cain Bournes are going to have me for my neck because Sean Cain Bourne gave me my Twitter name. <laughs> <laughs> and now Thomas gave me my podcast name. You know what I mean? And then my little brother gave her hippie so like <laughs> I wish he fucking did. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> you look well, the child, didn't he? Who? You look well, your little brother. He has a little girlfriend and all ah, that. I'm, call, I'm calling you Nicole. I'm calling you her name. Hey, Nicole. Oh. <laughs> hey, girl. Hey, girl. Oh, um, yeah, no, of course. It's such an it's such an area thing, isn't it? Thomas, do you see what they call that podcast? Ah, oh, there's people going at you. Oh, yeah. I'm looking for feuds. Oh, there's been enough feuds in areas. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fucking lootly <laughs> now, Good David. Thank you, Magaldi. I said, hey, next one of Evita. <laughs> 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 but now people are sorting the pot texting him being like oh did you see that lovely podcast the name of it and all the whole lot and I, do you know what I didn't buy 
There's enough. Said the actress to the bishop. I did the <laughs> But anyway, just to clear that up, Thomas had gave his blessing long before the podcast actually even became. Yeah, well, a I thing. thought you were very classy about it. You know what I mean? And as I said, classy in me like no, come here. Like that's two different, completely different mediums. Yeah. It's a well-known working class phrase. Yeah, I was just delighted it was coming from an authentic working class voice. Do you yeah, know what I mean? So yeah. my full support and backing. Heard that producer really call the lawyers off. Nope. The fucking flat. Do you know what I mean? Come yeah. Here, I bleed coddle yeah. this is it but listen town adapted me a long this time it. ago this is not Michael Jackson's last album though what was this is it <laughs> wasn't it it was I think Listen. I can't do this. I'm just going to hear my husky laugh in the background. Uh, why are we laughing so much? You know what that's called? That's called chemistry. <laughs> 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 and I haven't seen him in so fucking long. Oh, me so uh, <laughs> Listen, so, as you are saying, <laughs> there's a bit of Tony and me, and I'm not talking about the no, men, no, I'm no. talking about the area. Listen. I'm so a bit I, Liverpool in me last week. I'm only messing, that's not my style. Let's move on. <laughs> so I first met Thomas years and years and years ago when we were doing disco dance and he danced with the amazing Francesca Arkins in Flash, flash Dance S O D. Oh no, no, my flash god. Flash dance DC, wasn't it? Excuse DC. me. Sorry, Chess. Yeah, she's fucking kill you for that. But anyway, um, Thomas danced for Flash Dance and her dance teachers are actually very good friends. N-E-R-G-Y. I wish someone was the camera. Oh, I'm fucking sad. We're just have to redo the episodes when we get the cameras in. But Thomas, I will never forget the first time I laid my eyes on you. I will never. You are wearing a blue. Oh, detail for detail. A blue skin tight trousered costume with the lightning strike on it. Nearly right, nearly <laughs> right. You, you keep going. I'll never forget when I laid eyes you on keep you. Keep going, and I'll give the children the, the correct detail. Right. So you keep going. Give your, give your version. Give your so version. There was, <laughs> there was something going on in the diddy area the, of the costume. The diddy area. Yeah, oh. I didn't have diddies at the time. <laughs> <laughs> How are we supposed to do this? <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, keep giving your version of it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. You are, you are an, under, an under something starter. And a costume. On paper, in my on mind. Pa- on paper. In my mind, I was running the show. You are Do Premier you know what I Champ. Mean? Yeah, Premier yeah, Champ. And there was no even Premier Champ at the time. But in my mind. <laughs> in my mind. I was the one. You were the, the one. one. And you are in everybody's mind you were the ah. one because when Thomas stepped out onto that floor, <laughs> everybody was watching. Do you know what I mean? And she wasn't the prettiest on the floor or any of that, but the fleet were, feet were flawless <laughs> and the legs went up around her neck. Oh right, 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 my <laughs> God, the flexibility was up to the hilt and the attitude. Now let's tell the truth here, right? So the trousers were actually a bit of a boot cut because that was the style the way people it, it was very baggy it was they were tight around the pussy no they weren't tight around the pussy <laughs> they were not tight around the pussy because she wore a dance belt <laughs> to, to keep the pussy together meow fucking meow okay it was a navy wide leg trouser with <laughs> trouser the top had one arm and no arm I was yeah. like a skims campaign yeah, basically you were. it was she navy she took your idea as well it was navy as I'm robbing for me left, right, and centre. I'm telling you now. Yeah. I'm like, and it's when there's a riot being robbed from left, right, and centre. Anyway, where's I going with this? And there were silver lightning stripes on it. 
I so there was her. lightning on it. There was lightning on it. It wasn't on the diddy and it had nothing to do with the pussy. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the fact you're making me say pussy. <laughs> say it again. One more time. Okay, one more time for the people at the back. Pussy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I love anyway. how you still have the sunglasses on you. Do I actually say <laughs> No, and I'll talk you through this. <laughs> no, I have a 20% tint on my glasses because right. I just have focus issues. Oh. In every sense of the world, she's ADHD. Mm-hmm. She's on her eyes. She's not long for this world, I'd say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, listen, finish me off with your costume and yeah, disco dancing experience. It was, it was silver. <laughs> it had one arm, no arms. I was like a Skims campaign. It had a fingerless glove. <laughs> and it had a silver band And you know what? I walked onto that floor like I was... Is this your first ever costume? I think it might have been. It was the first one I ever it's seen. The first one she ever saw me in. So the the only one that matters really, yeah. right, you know really, what I mean. Yeah. Absolutely. But I'm telling you, fucking now, I used to walk onto that floor like I was bleeding Katniss Everdeen. <laughs> a tribute. I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> and bitch, she really never made it to that podium. <laughs> really, she really fell out of top two. Let me tell you. Now let's talk about Carly. Carly oh. used to refer to herself and Bebo as Princess Carly. She used to walk on that floor in a navy cat suit. I think it was someone's and then someone's and then someone's before. It was Carolyn's. Yeah, I'll it, never it forget. It was four tans, you know what yeah. I mean? But still, but Carly didn't care because she wore that tiara. She'd hair down around her ankles. Mm. She was the only woman as far as she was concerned. Do you right. know what I mean? So basically, me and Carly had delusions of grandeur. <laughs> <laughs> No, and I mean, we're still alive. We're doing all right. Do you know what I mean? We're paying most of the bills. Why, so, did, that, why did that continue into your adult life? Because when I, I thought you were that bitch. When I ended up in school with you, then it just went on even further. Uh, yeah, the two of us used to go out for a smoke down the lane on lunch. Jean Blue Blue. Oh, down the old Labour Exchange lane. Yeah. Yes. yes. We used to be blowing the arse out of Johnny Blue. Very young. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we used to just basically, while we were having a smoke, blow smoke up each other's hole. Blow smoke up each other's hole. <laughs> <laughs> basically, we would f- facilitate each other's delusion. Yeah. Is what she's trying to right. say here. Okay. We did. Okay. We that had enough information dreams? for you, I Sean. Still need it. Can you use it in a sentence and get it one more time? Facilitating delusion. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sharon Flanagan <laughs> is the main facilitator of Carly's delusion. Oh, there you go. Good. Yeah. Because right. me ma blew bleed smoke up me pox on me on like a Your ma and Sharon Kelly did the best updo on that Aww. floor. You and Kirstie Kelly is well like something every that's a soon. <laughs> Oh, does your heart your hair have to be a Oh, oh my God, seven what? day in cans of hairspray. And the flea ramps were hitting mm. the ceiling. <laughs> your hair the was full of sequins. Your hair was just start laughing. It was no. all the go. Do you I'm find you get really defensive at freestyle? Because people rip the piss Absolutely. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm asking like because I'm, I'm very, very tired because your hair was down in Travers. I'm wondering, did it always have to be up or could you just let it flow? Oh, no. You used to get a half up, half down. Wasn't it? You'd have a pony at the back and you'd give it a Well, I was in it for years, so I had a few different hairstyles. She had many eras. Madonna, she was the Madonna of the freestyle world, essentially. Who was better? Huh? Who was better? We were very different. Carly was a better technical dancer yeah. if in the freestyle world. Oh, right. I had done jazz and a bit of ballet <laughs> and all, so I had better basics. Very well versed, uh, yeah. Thomas, in all of the styles. But I used to cry and slow because I thought that's what they wanted. So <laughs> I, do you know what I mean? What? 
other kids thought they were dancing to Celine Dion I was playing Lady Macbeth in my head I was looking at the judges and with my eyes I was asking them was the hope drunk in which you dressed yourself had it awoke since to look do you know what I mean no. I was giving it you could tell me no I still can't fucking still tell, can't you tell you no either. but anyway talking about the school days so we obviously went to the school that we went to and in said school, I used to be sitting right in our school. There was always windows in the classroom. I like, know those windows, big glass windows. Go to train in unit. Yeah, there was windows in my classroom. Big glass windows. I went to the posh part of English. <laughs> I have windows in my school. There was big glass windows in the classroom, but out onto a balcony, right? So you'd be in the middle of your class, right? And all you'd hear is roaring and screaming. And Thomas would be like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to converse with you whilst your voice is at that decibel. So could you maybe calm down, stop sweating and spitting on me and then maybe we can have a conversation. But until then, I'm going to go. Uh, don't fucking ring me ma again now because she's very tired. And Me ma's a hard worker. I'll give her that. I used to just see Thomas getting shooed up the corridors day in, day out, and all he ever I was, was told. Never out of trouble. Never out of trouble. And I wouldn't mind. <laughs> All he was ever told us was, uh, well, what are you going to do with yourself and how are you going to be successful yeah, and you're yeah, not yeah, going yeah. to do anything decent with yourself. And lo and behold. look at you. Oh, come here, I'm not well, there yet. You know what I mean? But like, you, I'm not drowning, but I'm not no, winning the race, honey. <laughs> Thomas, I think it exceeded everybody's expectations because you're so used to listening to people, giving you shit all the time. Absolutely. You're kind of going, oh, fuck, Thomas is a mess and bastard. Like, what? No, everybody knew you had. <laughs> and this is it. And this is yeah. it. And I think that nobody took that into consideration when it came to you as well. Again, yeah, like yeah, me, yeah. it was very easy to just point to you and say, he's a bald cunt. 100%. He's a bad with, kid. With our accents, babe, it makes it yeah. easier to do that. Yeah. If you, th if you think about it now, and I'm not going to knock this school because for every one teacher that was a, a, a bit of a class is dope, yeah. there was incredible teachers in that school. Like, yeah. And yeah. some of them are like, I, I credit with. That the fact that I write professionally, the fact yeah. that I'm still acting, like there were, were some amazing teachers there. Yeah, I agree. But I just think it's some of the most formative years of your life. And for example, I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was four years of age, yeah. right? That's a long time for a person to hear bold, bold, yeah. bold, bold, yeah. bold, bold, over and over again. By the time you get to your teenage years, it advances. You're not going to do anything with yourself. You're not mm -hmm. going to go anywhere. Do you know what I mean? And so, Thomas, I heard that being said. I 100%. heard it so many times. So you times. start to believe it. Of course you do when someone and keeps on pointing at it and saying, to believe it and then the self-destruction kicks in and the voice starts you don't deserve this even now even now when I'm on a gig that I can't believe I've gotten or the, the voice kicks in and it goes you don't deserve this fuck this up fuck this up fuck this up it's the self-destruction oh absolutely you know what I mean? because, in that's the, because it's been fed for so long the imposter syndrome starts it's, yeah. and especially with working class people such as ourselves mm -hmm. the working class tongue starts and you start talking really fast and because <laughs> you feel like you're taking up these people's time yeah. and you don't want to and that's why we talk so fast because God forbid we take up the, ma the men in the suits time <laughs> no, do you know right. what I mean 100% 100% and obviously that would have spilling over into your professional life so when you decided that you wanted to act Thomas did you feel like going into auditions and stuff you had to change your accent your demeanour when you went into these places very early on I did like be, well, straight after school I did a PLC in Bolali mm -hmm. and uh, and you, you don't know these things because when you're learning Shakespeare in school like it's all to be or not to be that is the question so you grow up thinking 
it's all acting is all done in that like upper level English RP and stuff like that when really it's not no some of the most exciting Shakespeare I've ever seen has been in regional accents and do you know what I mean so mm-hmm. At first, you kind of think you have to change and you have to change your accent. And even now, like you know, because you know me, my accent dips in and out. Do you oh, know what I mean? Oh, yeah. mine's so Everybody says it about me all yeah, the time. Yeah, mine dips in and out because of all those many years, those years of thinking I had to speak a certain way. And when I was in stage school, I kind of, and it's followed me a little bit. Do you know what I mean? And it's all, I sing as well. So when you kind of have a bit of a musical ear, you find, you follow someone's rhythm. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But anyway, I think when it, the tide started to turn for me, a couple of years back so I went to the Gaiety then and I graduated in, t- in 2017 that's mm-hmm. when you got your award baby Tommy you want me which one honey What's which one we are something. <laughs> so yeah I, I, I got the bursary there as well and something clicked in Gaiety and I told me and I realised that the only way I was going to get to where I wanted to be was if I offered them what nobody else could offer them and that was me your authentic fucking nobody self nobody could offer them yeah what I could offer them only me and the same with them I'm sure that like when I was unapologetically myself that's when I started to be seen and that's when people started to, and then even then when I started to be seen it was just for the gay person or the hairdresser from the flat the and stereotypical role exactly yeah. and, yeah. It was, and, and that's not what I do yes I can do it like, of course but I'm a character actor yeah. like I'm not going to play Romeo baby I don't have the jawline but I'm <laughs> one of the only bitches who's going to play Friar Lawrence, the North, and bleeding Mercutio in the same production. Do you Absolutely. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Without a wig, <laughs> <laughs> and he'll do it well. But yeah, and then it was people like Louise Kylie who kind of started to give me a chance and started to see that there was ability there to do more than the GBF, the gay mm-hmm. best friend yeah. or the hairdresser. Mm-hmm. So like, and as I said, like we can all get to like even if you were to win bleeding Oscars and I became the biggest star in the world. I I like to think something that humbles me is. We're all only as good as the last person who took a chance on us. Hundred yeah. percent. Do you know what I'm saying? Whole, I'm at it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a few so, little chills there. Yeah. Absolutely. So anything I've achieved, and Jesus, I'm not going on as if I'm Meryl bleeding street. But I hate Bardle Street. Hate said you. <laughs> <laughs> you always interrupt yourself when you're talking about even just going towards what you've achieved. You always stop yourself and say, "I'm not saying I'm this." Why do you feel the need to do that? I'm apologising because I do, because it's the imposter syndrome again, Carly. God forbid we get out of our station and we tell ourselves I'm good and I've worked my whole off. And do you know what I'm saying? So I know I'm getting better at it, but yeah, I still struggle with it. I still apologise for my confidence. You're you know? one of the most inspiring people that I've had. The... Oh, don't make me cry. I hate crying for no. free, Carly. <laughs> I hate <laughs> crying for free. <laughs> But now you are, you're one of the most inspiring people that I've ever had the chance of, like, knowing. Because obviously there's people you, you look up to that you'll never meet and you'll never see. 100%. And maybe that you shouldn't meet either because it would change yeah, the trajectory. It ruin a fire, you know what I mean? But yeah. I've grown up around you, Thompson, seen you grow so much. And what did you want, Tony? This one. Um, trying to do that inconspicuously, but you've just ruined it. <laughs> they got me, girl. <laughs> but yeah, and I don't think you realise the impact that you have probably on other people around you because you come from an area where people that will rep you on their back and they'll scream and shout for you. 100%. But then you also have the other side of it that people are like, I wouldn't give him the satisfaction now. Yeah, or you forget when this, you forget when that. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what it is. But look, I've been very lucky thus far. Like... Anytime I've a, a new show out mm-hmm. or something like that, it's like the bleeding star to beauty on the beach. You know, when Bella's walking around, good morning, so it's yeah, literally that. They've been yeah. so supportive. But as you said, for every, excuse me, for every 
10 people who are supportive there's one person who's not yeah. but I've said this before like and I, I know I'm repeating myself here. my thing is when I think about that so there's 10 people who support you for every 10 of them there's only one who don't mm-hmm. so my thing and I always say this when I'm asked to give um, younger actors advice or anything like that I still consider myself a younger actor but absolutely I now brown cow anyway I always say concentrate on the people who do want you and who do support you and who do think you're the fucking shit because the people who don't want you and who are begrudging you they're never going to want you yeah. So while you're concentrating on the people who don't want you, the people who do want you will have lost interest and moved yeah. on. Yeah. So concentrate on the people who do think you're the shit. Well, do you know what I mean? The people that give you your chances and that push Exactly, you. exactly. And I forget nothing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, whether, it's, yeah. whether it's you're holding a door for me when I'm carrying a load of books or whether it's you giving me forced television, I forget nothing. Yeah. And I make it my business to repay any kindness or favour in any way I can, big or small. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm a firm... And don't get me wrong, like, I sound like mm-hmm. the Dalai Lama here. <laughs> but, like, I, as I said, hurt people hurt people. I yeah, grew up... Uh, I come up against a lot of classism and homophobia. And I would put that back out into the world. And mm-hmm. I would be horrible to other little gay boys in my class who were less uh, strong than I was. And, yeah, and that wouldn't yeah. have been out. Exactly. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, hurt people hurt people. And all we can, I think all we can do now... Who, no one is proud of who they were in school, do you know no, what I mean? No, growing up we all exactly. make mistakes, for folks say. But all we can do now is live in the moment and try to keep the circle of positivity going and repay in any way you can. Be it to the person who's done it for you or the universe, do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. And you're a big believer. By the way, can we get into this? You <laughs> love your crystals and your a believer manifestation. I've seen your space in your room and everything. Do you do Reiki? Uh, no, I don't do Reiki and I don't do crystals, but I'm trying to get into them. <laughs> oh, I thought you were a crystal. No, you're no, a sage. I love me it's sage. The sage. It's the sage. I've gotten into trouble on multiple occasions for staging hotel rooms. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I'm sorry to be negative here, but you don't know what bastards that have been in that bed before you or what they're after. I do. Totally so agree. I'm going to whip out the 14 euro sage. I think it's the third biggest one. And I feel me. I do feel me. Literally, like a baton, a cleansing baton. And I'm going to scrub that room with the sage, knock on the door. It's only sage. It's not hash. Although it's hash even around anymore. I'm going to ask you a very personal question. Squidgy black or fresh pollen? Squidgy black <laughs> every day, all day, every day. I don't know day. what that is. Oh, the innocence. Oh, the innocence. You're too busy playing basketball and drim. Thanks so much, hon. <laughs> Thanks so much. That means the world. Where are your parts, moot? No, Plymouth. <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm only messing. I'm only being funny. Yeah, I actually cried listening to that podcast, you little one. bitch. The last one. It really fucking moved me. I was actually crying in pennies this morning looking for a clean t-shirt <laughs> to come into you because there was Subway down the last one, bitch. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Um, well, I just want to know what really inspired you to get into acting like because like, other people obviously will get into it. Like Viola Davis because I'm obsessed with her. I love She'll Viola get into Davis. her obviously to like leave her past trauma behind but obviously to have a better but life to use it as well and utilise her past trauma. She's, you're making me say trauma. It's trauma, trauma guys. Trauma. trauma. Okay. No, I just, while we're on Viola Davis, I was watching this interview and she said, it better produce her, he rings her. Oh. And he says, you're the black Meryl Streep. Uh, and she yeah. said, well, if I'm the black Meryl Streep, fucking pay me like Meryl yeah. Streep. Yeah. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Love her. Love her. She's unbelievable. Read book. Well, I have Did read you read her book? Yeah, no, I watched all the interviews on it. I'm just about to read her book. Yeah. Very sad. I have a phobia of rats. It's going to be oh, hard. So she talks a lot about <laughs> oh, rats. she talks about rats. She talks a lot about rats. I'm not into in. rats. My nanny always said, it's the two-legged rats you have to watch. <laughs> 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 Sorry, where are we going? 
what, what inspired you to be an actor? Do you know what? I mean, my side of the family, like, have always been mad into, like, old Hollywood. Okay. And I grew, like, even on the Force Day Drama School, people were saying, people like... I don't know, like Robert De Niro and Al Pacino and all this. And I said, Betty Davis. And yeah. They were like, who? I was like, well, she died in, I think, <laughs> 1989. She was born in 1901. <laughs> but, I mean, I love old Hollywood. I love all that grandiose and that kind of blurring the lines between... Because back then, the acting side was a little bit bigger. And I just kind of love that it blurred the line between stage and screen. But yeah, I think I, I think we mass side of the family have a lot to do with why I got into it. They're big, like film fans and old Hollywood and stuff like that and I knew I always loved it but this is so specific but I think when I knew I wanted to be an actor was when I saw Gladiator oh. and well. Joaquin Phoenix who's still one of my favourite actors Obsessed. when I saw him sitting there in the good frock <laughs> with the gold crown and I was always told boys couldn't wear frocks and crowns yeah. and I yeah. see this cunt sitting there and he's frocking his crown are we allowed to say the C-bomb? yeah, yeah of course you Grammy, can drop the C-bomb <laughs> Anyway, so I see him sitting there in the frock and the gown with the tum and all, decide whether you live or die. I said, get that from me. Yeah, you're all in that's my life. Give a bit of that, mister. <laughs> Love to so go on air, Thomas. That's why I wanted it, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because why? I don't know. Because <laughs> I loved it. I said so. I was, t- I was trying to get more inspiring story than that, but we'll do the frock and crown. Well, did I not give loads of inspiring stuff for the children earlier now? Very tired now, yeah. Well, come here. What do you do when you live in a shoe? <laughs> Tie a laser, get out of your face. <laughs> oh. So, come here to me. Um, can I ask you what you prefer in your career at the moment? Do you prefer writing your own screenplays mm. and your stage shows and or do you prefer working on other productions that you've been brought in for? Do you know what? It depends. Because right now it's really writing heavy and I've loads of different things I'm writing and working on so I miss acting terribly. Right. But then, like, just before the lockdown I was acting constantly and I wasn't getting a chance to write and I was really missing that. Yeah. So I think You need kinda, a balance. Yeah, and I people used to always go to me, well, are you a writer or an actor? Which one are you more of? And I used to be like, oh, that question used to make me so nervous. But now I have the confidence to take a deep breath and say, listen, I proved myself as both, so I'm both. Yeah, absolutely. And then maybe I'd throw a bitch in there if I was being cheeky. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You'd see. But when I went to see uh, Raven Aspirin in the Axis, Oh, I wasn't well after. Like, uh, obviously... You can I, call your next podcast Rare and Experience. Yes, my free now here on the story because I'm just going to go. <laughs> it's all love, baby. <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus Christ alive. But anyway, Thomas. <laughs> if your life was to be a movie, who would you want to play as you? Oh my god! Well, I'm just gonna get the elephant out of the room. My brother and sister always say I look like Kim Jong Un, but I know. <laughs> Girl, um, oh, who would I like to play me? Do you know what? Fuck it. Dig up Betty Davis. Give her the part. Yeah, Give her the part. She's back. I don't think even she could do you fucking justice. Now Betty Davis or Beanie Feldstein? But who? Do you know? Have you seen Booksmart? No, no, have you seen Ladybird? Yeah. She says she's her best mate. Remember her mom got her tits on and she goes, well, your mom's tits are fake. <laughs> oh, yeah. Her, she's great. She is a star. She can play me. She has the chops. <laughs> Here's a cool fact. 
a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> Is this still recording? He does look very well sitting there, doesn't he? Look at him. <laughs> Guys, we're talking about the producer. He's sitting there in a mustard top, khaki shorts, Birkenstocks, <laughs> and a lovely glow. You look very well. Congratulations. Oh, I literally, we're literally like three witches around the pot. No, like, literally, oh my yeah. God. Stand in the middle, mister. Bubble, bubble, toilet. <laughs> no, you're like hocus pocus, you're about to stop. Speaking of hocus pocus, my favourite line. <laughs> you know, when they're outside the devil's gap, <laughs> his wife comes in and she's like, Get out of my house, who are these people? And Kathy <laughs> Nijimi goes, It's his little woman. Because, <laughs> <laughs> Kylie, you know yourself, where we're from, a little woman is a vagina. <laughs> No. Oh, oh no! It's his little woman. How are we supposed <laughs> to do anything with this man? We're going to spy over right now. Try with topic so we can keep going. Right, tell about the productions you've done. Thomas, what was your first role on oh. television and or film? Jesus, on television, two thousand and twelve. Yes, baby. Stitches, stitches, and it was on Netflix. And yes, yes. Very good. came born, got her mush in. Shana got her mush in. She wore a plum bodycon. <laughs> the director said, "When I counted three, her and Courtney Black, Courtney, <laughs> Courtney, was Courtney had her hair to the side, a feather earring from Top Shop saying rap, and a beautiful fuchsia pink coat from the Wild Child Kilo sale." <laughs> And so anyway, the director said, okay, when I count, so Connor, the director, Connor McMahon, he said, I'm going to count to three and you have to leg it because the clown is going to get through the window. <laughs> Out of context, this sounds mental, but anyway, so Courtney and Shauna, when he said three, waited three more seconds. Right. So they could be seen properly and stand. This, this so this was the plan. This was the plan. Right. They wanted more camera time. Never acted a day in our life. Only acted the bollocks now. <laughs> They waited three more seconds and the shot was left in <laughs> and they look very well. And Ross Noble, who played the clown, ended up having to just push them in. <laughs> <laughs> and they kept it in. Oh, but anyway, that was my first role. I actually auditioned for that in my uniform. So I was late that day to school and the vice principal, obviously he'd read out the lates at the end of the day. He had to stay back for detention. And I was never small. Do you know what I mean? Even when I wasn't, 
large. I was never, I can't remember ever being under at least. What height are you now? I'm six foot one now. So when I met you, you would have been easily about 5'11". Yeah, I was always. Uh, he was always, yeah. I was always a handsome lady. Yeah, very handsome lady. But anyway, I was trying to do a backwards shimmy step, step two, three, (laughs) out of the atrium. And they were screaming after me and I just kept running. And I was like, this is my moment. I can't miss this. (laughs) (laughs) I get to the audition. And of course, with the the good uh, thick jumper on, the tie, the collar. It was very humid out that day. (laughs) And I went in, I was absolutely sweating. And I don't know how I got it, but I got a call back. Then. I got a call back. Then I got the parts. And every time I was there in that gorgeous snot green uniform, <laughs> so I kept saying, man, this uniform is rotten. She said, but look at it this way. If they want you in that rotten uniform, then that's good. Because picture, picture what it's like when you're wearing your armor clothes. I went, okay, Grant. So and anyway. Yeah, whipped up that roll. I whipped up that roll. So come here to me. Then did you find that you got opportunity from that or did you kind of just start doing more auditions from there? No, because I was still only in sixth year. So I went straight into training then, do you know what I mean? Right, okay. Maybe if I'd like stuck around and kind of pursued it more during then I would have, but no, I had to go into training. Like there was just, and there was a part of me that wanted to kind of just go straight into acting, but me mom was like, absolutely not. Like you're in sixth year of school, you're going to college. Right. Do you know, and, and as well, it wasn't that big a heartbreak because I was going there to study. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? So. And do you find that it's often that people can just... Do you ever get them success stories that someone just gets a part one day and then they continue on oh, getting parts? If only. Does that happen in Ireland now? N- like, it has happened sometimes, you know what I mean? But yeah. I think it's just the media do this thing where they say, oh, overnight... Uh, yeah, success, yeah. And even when it looks like someone just <laughs> yeah. came out of nowhere, they've been putting the graft in, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, um, so yeah. Obviously, when you look like me, you have to work that bit harder. <laughs> but the only good thing is, when you look like me, you have to be good. And I am. <laughs> but there's no. I'm coming across real humble, aren't I, Andy? <laughs> yes, I'm lovely. <laughs> it's all crack, guys. All crack. There's nobody like you, though. Like, Thomas, there isn't anybody like you. Well, apparently, you. Kim Jong un. <laughs> <laughs> as regards resemblance, I'm talking about. <laughs> your character, as when you're not in character. I don't know any other single person like you. I've never met anybody like you in my life. So I'm sure that charm stands to you when you go into auditions and when you meet people. Yeah, well, I'd like to think it does, but like I, I'm a panicker. Do you know what I mean? And oh, literally. I think why acting works for me is because I tell myself, oh, you're playing someone else. So it's grand. Right. But sometimes in the interaction beforehand, I literally cannot be acting but myself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like sometimes the panel are laughing, <laughs> thinking I'm doing it on purpose. I'm genuinely not. I'm just being... Myself, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I hope they think it's charming. I hope they yeah. don't think it's Do you find anyone's <laughs> ever standoffish with you? When, they, when you give full you, do you ever find that someone's like a bit like, oh, like a bit oh. snobby? And not not that they're snobby, it. but I think, like, cause as, as, as you know, like, I'm quite panicky and I talk a lot when I'm panicked. And I, mm. and I think, I don't know, I think some people might take that as being overbearing sometimes. Do you know what I mean? But... If anyone's listening, it's not. It's just It's me. just you. It's just the way and you And even are. though I get paid to be other people, I honestly, when I'm not acting, I, I just cannot be out but myself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? When you're doing a self-tape, like to send it in for an audition, do you ever get the ick of the character that you're doing? Do you know what? That's a good question. Like, sometimes, but I also have this rule where if I'm playing someone, I have to like them. Yeah. Because even if the character is the biggest bleeding James Blunt in the world, he doesn't know he's a big James Blunt. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's just being himself. So I try to kind of like, well, this is when I'm playing them. If I'm just self-taping, maybe I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but I just find self-tapes really stressful. Especially like 
during lockdown, like the only person I could do them with was my sister. And Shauna's Shauna. doesn't have a lot of time for nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> waiting around. Yeah. So like it will indicate in the script. Oh, I get along with Shauna. Charlie likes to wait around a lot, don't you? <laughs> 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 but here, right, like to be a lion or something and just say Carly, it'd say like, I love you or something, right? And it'd say, okay, pause. And you're doing the pause and Shauna's <laughs> like this. <laughs> Indicating, come on, come on, hurry! And you're there trying to do, do you know what I mean? Do, do a bit of your acting, and you come on, come on, say the line, say the line. So uh, yeah, so self tapes. I'm like I PTSD now, <laughs> so now I can only do them with my cousin Lloyd, who's an actor as well, thank God. Okay, or my best friend Erica Rowe, who I I feel weird even calling yeah. her my best friend. She's my sister. Do you know what I mean? She's my sister, Mister. <laughs> but yeah, no self tapes. I'd prefer to just be in the room. Yeah, because it's stressful. What's and then you're looking at yourself. Then when you send it in, you're looking at yourself for two days, going, "Oh my god, hair, hairdresser's mirror syndrome." Was I always this? <laughs> yeah. Please send help. Flaming flowers only. All that stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's what Ting was saying. I'm not going to say the name, but she had to do them for like an ads. But it was like, you have to pretend that you have a baby. So she's like, I'm not good this way with the camera. Like, it has to be like that way. But yeah. the baby wasn't the baby. It was literally tissue in, like, a towel. And then she had to, like, eat a samba. But the samba was brown paper, like. Yeah. No, but, like, is that what you have to do for basically everything? Like, Not really, no. Like, if you're doing a self-tape, if it says something like, oh, goes to the kitchen, makes a store fry, you don't do that because it's not about that. It's about what the action is. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you just, you kind of mark that in your head. Make stir fry and then continue with the scene. Do you know what I mean? Like I can get why someone who hasn't gone down the conventional route of training yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks absolutely mental to them. But I don't know where, like in drama school, you're there at quarter past eight in the morning with your shoes off, ready to do, do yoga and pretend you're a bleeding peacock for two hours a day. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I think by the time you graduate, nothing phases you. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. if you do have to hold a tissue baby, it doesn't. It's not really about the tissue baby. It's about what you're doing in the scene. Do you know what I mean? Go do now. Oh, and come here to me when you went to acting school was that like a clatter in the face for you like you said the way they teach it is very oh uh, yeah so was that a slap in the face for you to go in and big time especially for the likes of you and me Carly who are out and out showgirls yeah mm-hmm. do you know what I mean we yeah. are show ponies Tony and <laughs> Pony the Pony we are Literally. show ponies um, I really struggled with losing the you, you know have to I mean? kind of leave like your uh, ego and everything at the door, don't they you? They didn't want anything about. They didn't want anything to do with my kickball changes and my vaseline and my teeth. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah. I had to strip off that right back. And how did that fit? Was that intimidating for you? Oh, big time, big time. Yeah. Because that's my mask. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, like as I said, like you know yourself, we've all had air issues growing up. Mm-hmm. And how I learned to protect myself was by putting up this mask mm-hmm. and this big theatrical behaviour, and that protected me do you know what I mean yeah. so like the fact that they were going to break me down to build, build me back up I was like hang on a minute miss give me that back that's my head yeah. do you know what I mean I need that I, like I can't do this new way of thinking but it helps do you know what I mean because yeah. and no, I got across the board in the two separate drama colleges I went to and even now on some gigs the thing that I struggled with well not now but like in the beginning yeah. of my career the thing I really really struggled with was being run- vulnerable do you know what I mean? Yeah. And just taking that mask down and complete. I'm actually getting a bit choked. I thought you were talking about it. And just being completely yourself without all the fluff and the frills and the Swarovski crystals. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Because as a, a little gay boy growing up in the flats, like, well, don't get me wrong, my family were amazing and I was very lucky in that sense. Yeah. But whoever 
told you you could be yourself mm-hmm. and just be yourself without fear or without anxiety. No one. So, so, so I never had an opportunity to be vulnerable and, and completely myself. Yeah. All I had was Thomas and that bleeding TKB mask. And I know I sound like bleeding yeah, Katie yeah. Price and Jordan. No, but, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? You were always protecting yourself Absolutely, from absolutely. And then there was just something about, particularly Lee and Gazy, there was something about that training that just shook me to me core. And I, I was, I don't know, I was like a rabbit in headlights for the whole thing. But it was only when I left then and I started working professionally, I was like, Jesus, that was the making of me. That stood to mm-hmm. me. Oh my God. Like even the way I hold myself and I'm just going to take a sip of water. Absolutely. <laughs> and you'd be surprised, everything you do in your life, you still pull from it. Like the dancing, for example, you know yourself, uh, Carly, in dance, it's black and white. Mm-hmm. You're either doing the step wrong or you're not. Like in acting, there's a lot of subjectivity. Well, that's you don't like it, but I like it. And whereas what stands to me is in dancing, when you're getting a critique, are you getting a fix? You stand in second, you smile, you say nothing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That stands to me in the room. Yeah. Even if I'm working with a difficult director or anything like that, I don't answer back. I don't, I stand, I smile, which weirds them out sometimes. Yeah. But you'll be <laughs> but fucking them from behind in your it. head. Yeah. Yeah. But you know how to handle it. it. Yeah. I know how to handle myself in the room because of dance. And you just pick up little bits, you know what I mean? As you go and you just, and even when you're in acting school, you learn all these mad techniques that's just like, oh my God. But they're not asking you to use everything. They're asking you to use what works for what you. What works for what you, works, you, you know? I'm fine. Yeah. Your style, yeah. And I think that's like life. With all the people you meet, you don't have to be best friends with everyone. You don't have to learn something for everyone. But the people you do get on with and the people who do offer something that you think you can take and learn mm-hmm. from, then you do it. Do you know what I mean? To pick a mix. 100%. Oh, <laughs> Forrest Gump 2. <laughs> Labs of bags of chocolate. <laughs> and was there ever a point, Thomas, that it, the vulnerability kind of broke you down that much that you were like, do you know what, I can't do this or I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Particularly in drama school. Do you know what I mean? There's so many different personalities and egos and walks of life that there is clashes and stuff like that. And then you, you put that, that happens anyway with all different personalities, but you put the type of training we're doing and the type of work we have to do on top of that. Mm-hmm. It's, it becomes a very stressful place. You know what I mean? And it's no one's fault and... It's oh, everybody's like, navigating. Everyone's everybody. navigating. Yeah. But the thing is, you only see that after you leave drama school, yeah. that everyone has gone through their own different struggle. Mm-hmm. And to take nothing personally, really, because we're not ourselves in there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah. I feel like I've seen this more clearly now talking to you than I have <laughs> ever. It's only when you kind of oh sit down God. and pick yourself apart. Though I Therapy. In my no. 27th year, I've... Only when I speak to people about, like that episode mm. we done last week. No. Only when I sat down Loved in front of you yet. and spoke about that. And then I listened back to it and I was like, oh, fucking Nora, you yeah. never even no. entertained the idea <laughs> 100%. of that. 100%. And it just kind of helps you delve further into yourself like that. Now, you probably Absolutely. never thought about that that way. And now you're going to go home and go, oh, Jesus, like that had such an effect on my development as an actor. As Yeah, exactly. And, and it's only when you look back and me realise... <clears throat> Because obviously, Sean, you spoke on the last podcast about what you went through as well. Mm-hmm. And when hurt people are hurt, they hurt people. Yeah. So I'm sure you weren't always pleasant to be oh, around. No, Do you know what I mean? Oh my God, I was such a difficult teenager. Just tonight, even though yeah. it was the wrong say tonight. Hurt before down. you're hurt. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I like to think that there'll be some situation as I get older and older that, that I'll cross everyone that I had a run in with or that I've hurt. And mm-hmm. I'll, in an ideal in world. An, yeah. In an ideal world and I'll have the opportunity to say, look, I'm sorry I was difficult or I'm sorry I was saying, but I was hurting. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, I so, hope to God that anybody that you 
did have that situation where it's listening to this and they can understand where yeah. you are coming now, from. Yeah, I wasn't exactly Michael Myers. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I didn't know what anyone fucking did last summer. But no, but you know what I'm saying? I think... <laughs> you always catch me at poxy guard. Oh. All the time. Don't try me with a good time. Please don't be flirting oh. with me, Tom. This is actually genuinely where, where are we going to Maldron? Oh. Oh. <laughs> Get your sage, oh, baby. Oh, baby. You want more than sage and that? <laughs> Oh God, yeah, do you want the things. local priest with you and all of to that hip? <laughs> but no, it's not that. It's just, I think in order to heal, you have to kind of look at everything. Yeah. And, you, and even though it might seem that you were the good person there who was being hurt, sometimes in someone else's narrative, you were the I one. Are the villain? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So exactly. And I just, I think that's why we all just need to take a step back. Do you think you'll have to eventually pack up and leave to possibly go to the UK or somewhere else? I think I'm very lucky in the sense that my agent kind of has scope here in England. And yeah, we're, okay. like we're in the age of the self-tape that we can give them a taste of the character. Yeah. And if they really need to see us in person, they can pay for a flight and we can go over <laughs> to them. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I eventually will. But my thing is like my gunkle, right? My gay uncle, he's my godfather. He lives in New York. He's always saying it's me. I have a two bed. Are you were over there, weren't you? For a while. I love it. I yeah. always go over. I love it. But my thing is, if I'm going to make the move, it's going to be today. Yeah. Do you know what I yeah, mean? And yeah, then yeah. if you want me in England, I can sell tape. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but, of course. But, and then that's the thing. Home. I just, New York is me soul city. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I get this six at all. The six is a train. That's why JLo's <laughs> first album is called On the Six. <laughs> she used to get it to her additions. There we go. Sorry, see, that's what that's Thank what I missed. You for that. no, I that's what I missed that. in lockdown, not being able to tell random people a load of shite in smoking areas. <laughs> so I was just having a glass of wine and ringing poor Erica Road all hours, and now she goes to me, "Did you know?" <laughs> but anyway, I digress. No, I, New York is me soul city. N- no offense to London, it, it, just, it just don't do it for me the way New York does. Do you know what I mean? I've no desire about London. See mm, London. I I, I, London. I, I, I'm really scared in London. Do I you know, know what why. it is? Just fucking, can you just slow down a little slow bit? Slow down. Fucking no, they're all booting around the kip. And <laughs> well, it's just like a clean New York, at, at I least. Ah, no, but New York is New York. I know New York like, is New York. Oh, I've not just, ever been. Look at you sitting here in privilege. Uh, I've you've never been to Florida been. every year of your life, so. Yeah, fair. And oh, I love Florida, but they call it the board. armpit of America. And I love it. So. <laughs> and like, if you look at every news report, it always starts with a man from Florida. It's a always. A man from Florida. Uh-huh. It's always Florida. Oh, flat out killing everybody. <laughs> it's ah. like the bleeding American Darndale, isn't it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you couldn't have said it any better. Oh, Galo. But oh. Um, you, no, by the way... G- Florida, I remember what? always being so jealous of Thomas and his family growing up because they went to Florida every bastard time they fucking got a chance. You couldn't piss sideways without Cambourns being honey, in Florida. That wasn't privilege, that was Matalba Credit Union. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Susie was working our little B cups off to get us there. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> No, oh, how, but how do you even carry on a conversation? Because he just sends me wet. <laughs> and you know what? And I, obviously, like we're all having a bit of banter, but a lot of the time, I generally don't even know what's going to land the way it lands. <laughs> Are you in a position to tell us what your favorite production has been yes. to work on? Oh yeah, oh, I just can't tell you which cunts I've hated along the way. <laughs> Ah, no, I've been lucky. Those the dickheads have been few and far between, in fairness. But um, I think, can I say stage and? Yeah, 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 definitely. 
I think on stage was say nothing to no one the first show I ever wrote just because it was a two-hander with me and Erica Rowe and like aside from the fact she's my sister I'm being completely unbiased when mm-hmm. I say that girl is phenomenal I wanted to ask you about Erica oh so can you please God. pour your soul into this because I know what yeah. she means to you it was just that play like we're facing each other for the whole thing because it's set on a runway and it just was like a vicious tennis match with us all for a good hour and just holding our hand at the end of that hour and bowing we've had very similar stories to get to where mm-hmm. we wanted to be, want and to be yeah. when that moment no matter how many times we did the show when that moment of we did a bitch washes over you whether you're playing for 10 people at a festival or 500 people in a theatre and disclosure is pumping in the background you know you're going to go out and down the pale rose <laughs> but you're squeezing your best friend's hand ah oh, like Give me that, give me that. And was there instant chemistry? How did you and Erica meet? Did you know off the bat when you was met that you were going to have this pull no, each other? No, it's a lot. Sorry, so I'll just say my favourite screen thing and then because it's a long story, guys. Yeah. But so my favourite screen thing, oh, I'm going to say Dairy Girls and I'll tell you why. Really? Anything else I've done on screen has been like new work. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That's never been done. Whereas Dairy Girls was the first thing I've ever done that was I was a fangirl of. Like I'm talking about. Jelly. I was talking to them on set about uh, Kiefa Callahan and Reeks a piss. She's a girl that's only mentioned in season one. But like <laughs> I, was, I was like obsessed with it. And I, I was like talking to the, the writer and it took even Lisa a beat or two to remember who Kiefa Callahan was. Yeah. She's like, Jesus, you really like this show? And lads, like Lisa wrote that for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, like look at the joy in your face. Nice. I'm like, look you really live And it's not for the it, biggest part in the world. It's two scenes. But when like one of your writing idols mm-hmm. writes you a part in one of your favourite shows, and honestly, favourite comedy shows of all time, I said, where do you go from there? Like, like that the was your pinch me moment, oh, really. Right, you can't do where anything do else. Where do we go from here? As Madonna said, out <laughs> tune in the beat. Uh, <laughs> but back to Erica. <laughs> we met when we were like I'd say six or seven in the National Performing Arts School shout right. out to Jill and Eamon loved them and we were kind of the only we were sussed there very soon oh he talks like me we very were <laughs> where's Erica from? Erica is from Ballyfermot but just let everyone think she's from town God bless fucks her. with the brand of our theatre company she's right, from okay. town um, <laughs> she's from town adjacent yeah no listen we adopted her it's alright yeah. I'm saying we because you know I'm I mean? adopted by she's, the town you, exactly well. you're from the flats adjacent yeah. do you know what I mean you could put you in the middle and you'd find your way home without getting killed absolutely do you know what I mean the flats adjacent <laughs> but yeah and we kind of so I was actually better friends with Erica's little sister beforehand because Erica was always a bit of a mouth I was very quiet believe it or not <laughs> and so I preferred Megan's gentle demeanour right and and then me and Erica were closer in age. She's a bit older than me. And uh, she's going to kill me for saying that. We're actually she not is. too far apart in age. But anyway, so yeah, then we didn't see each other for years and years and years. And then on the first... Is that um, far now, like? No, we just didn't see each other again because she had said on MPAS, I left and... Sean's like TMZ, he's like, just have yeah, a like, tell No. <laughs> so then on the first day of um, Bolali after school... I was in, for, I was on my, like my very first day, Eric was already in second year. Right. And then I was talking a bit like this at the time, because, you know, I was hanging around. I like remember your face and Thomas, and I, I knew what you were going through because I often <laughs> do it now. I, like you said earlier on, you it's adopt different bits. Absolutely. I do it all the fucking time. It's like a survival technique, isn't it? Yeah, like definitely. a social survival technique. But yeah, I was a bit more like, Talk, I don't know I actually don't know how I actually talk because it dips in and out but just trust me it's always authentic I'm never trying nowadays I'm never actively trying to be someone else but anyway I was standing there next of all I just feel a waft of John Player Blue smoke coming <laughs> on my shoulder and she goes 
Is your name Tammy? <laughs> I said yeah. She said, where'd you get that accent from? <laughs> oh no, she and, called you out. Oh baby, the rest was history. That I was mean, it. Nadine Kyle lead vocal. I'm talking about a whole lot of history. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and then we fell out. We were friends. We, then we kind of were friends there. And then we fell out of touch again. Then I met her after seeing her in a show one night. And... I know, like, disrespect to the show or whatever, it was a good show, but Eric was giving a world-class performance and I was like, I want to give this woman the vessel she deserves. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And hold her in the regard that people who mm-hmm. speak more refined are being held in currently. So we were sitting at a bar, I think it was the Hairy Lemon. The Hairy Lemon. Uh, of course it was. And we just were like, let's fucking start making for nip bags. Let's start making theatre for people like us and then our company Breadline was born because both of us mm-hmm. were on it as we've all been on Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah like on our, our mission statement became to became to take down the middle class gods from Irish theatre and give an unfiltered authentic voice to working class stories you know what I mean mm-hmm. because we were just feeling that if they're casting an Oscar Wilde or a Henrik Ibsen they will only see middle class people oh, people who speak a certain yeah. way god forbid we can put that accent on and actually act but if they're casting something set in Ballymun flats they'll see every single person include middle class people it's like they nearly don't even trust us to play ourselves yeah, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean and that's when the dodgy accents and stuff are born do you know what I mean Yeah. so me and her we were just like let's start breadline and then the unofficial mission statement was theatre by knit bags for knit bags mm. about knit bags Yopa. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a reason for you. You always yeah. kind of gravitating back to each other. Absolutely. And then this was born. It was meant to happen. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And then our first show that I wrote was saying nothing to no one, and the hashtag of it, like to sell it, was "You're up," and that's why it's tattooed on me. I, I love it. Isn't it cute? Do you know why I love you? And I'm being honest. Aside from our history as friends or whatever, I love you from what you do. When we were starting Breadline, we started Breadline in 2016, right? And specifically from our generation, there were no voices or representation of authentic working class artists out yeah. there. Do you know what I mean? Now, since then, we've the wonderful Gemma Dunleavy. Shout out to Gemma. Fantastic. I adore the bitch. We have the lads on the other two podcasts. We have you two now. Do you know what I mean? So I love you because I genuinely feel the next generation of working class artists and working class dreamers are in safe hands because I genuinely think all those people I've mentioned were a proud representation of working class Dublin. Yeah. And your class have an absolutely nothing to do with what you can do. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I'm going to quote a wonderful woman who I know you love too, Carly, Lynn Ruan. She said oh. this line to me one night and it just, no, and, and she since told me it's not her line. But, <laughs> <laughs> but she told it to me and I, it just shook me to my core and it was not about us without us. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So if you're going to, from now on, specifically to my line of work, if you're going to have working class stories or working class depictions, they have to be with us, yeah. not about us, without us. And I'm not saying if you're from Ranley, you can't play someone from the flats, <laughs> but we have to have fair representation of people from the flats playing people from the flats yeah. before anyone else plays people from the flats. They're happy enough to take your stories. Who mm-hmm. are you telling, Helen? Do you know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, just before we wrap up I just wanted to ask you what your favourite screenplay screenplay, what your favourite production of yours was to write well that's what I heard and no shade intended girls (laughs) I'm passing the baton on (laughs) (laughs) no because it was the first thing I'd written that I wasn't in and I directed it as well I'm just watching 
so the three best the mates. Like me three best mates who I had written these three parts for, like Erica Rowe, Kira Ivy, Courtney Black. Just watching them in their natural tongues, and not even from a class point of view, but from a woman, mm-hmm. uh, from a female point yeah. of view owning your fucking sexuality and being unapologetic and for fucking men over the way men fuck women over in stories it just blew me mind as a feminist and as a working class person What and not me, me writing Jesus Christ I'm not that much of an egomaniac <laughs> but just what they were doing with it and just seeing them truly shine and to know that I had even a tiny part to do with that uh, it's, it's one of my proudest achievements even if I win an Oscar tomorrow which it'd be weird to have the Oscars on a Wednesday, <laughs> but uh, that's the only way I think about it. <laughs> but yeah, it's one of my proud. It'll forever be one of my proudest moments. And it's our proudest moment, and it's also now being adapted into a. Well, I say film my movie. <laughs> well, oh, well, come on, whichever feels better. But how it's does been that adapted feel? for the big screen, and I'm just afraid Sam that the big... really that's unbelievable, oh, thank you, unbelievable. Honey. Thanks so much. Why are you so, so talented? Huh? Sick of this. I'm talented because I'm fat and unattractive, Sean. Okay. <laughs> we have to have something. Okay, we have to have something. Okay, you've got teeth and your quiff. <laughs> Give me me writing and me acting, bitch. <laughs> oh. Kelly, you'll always have fingless. Oh. <laughs> I, I am under oath of fingless. Did you know? I won a competition in the pub when I was eight. I'm the Rose of England. Just in case anybody needed to know. Oh, oh, Thomas, how we're going to pull together what went on oh, in this room today is just in. fucking oh, Ian, beyond me. It's beyond me. First of all, can I just mention that we are on a hiatus next week. We are taking a break, a little mid-season break, and we'll be back to you the week after. We're all going to Darndale. <laughs> we're going to Darndale, so we'll need a week's fucking recovery. But to bring this beautiful podcast to an end, Thomas is going to take us out with a wonderful song. Um, it it's will, a classical aria. It is, it is. And I think it's been made most popular by Maria Callas. <laughs> But anyway, <coughs> off you go, love. Your dad's on the gear and your ma's on the game. Gear up, gear up, gear up, gear up, gear up. We hope God. you enjoyed this as much as we did. Get me back. Can I be like, what's your name? You're one for Nula on Ireland AM. I can be the consultant. <laughs> I swear to God, the next time we have Thomas in, we'll have video. And Thomas is taking my spot. Well, we'll ha- no, I'm not, bitch. No one can replace you. So we, uh, we will have video for the next time we have Thomas back because he's oh. one million percent oh. coming back. And oh. thank you again for listening, lads. Thank you so much for taking Take time. Take care. Out. See you Bye. soon. Bye.